0: This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello, hope you're having a great Christmas and welcome to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm Paul Wheelock and on this show we'll be getting the lowdown on Leicester City who host Liverpool today in what could be the most significant match of the Premier League season so far. Liverpool, the new club world champions, are 10 points clear of Leicester in second with the added advantage of having a game in hand. So you get the feeling that Brendan Rodgers' side must win this evening if they are to stand any chance of catching the Reds and repeating their incredible title triumph for 2016. And to find out if the Foxes have Any chance of ending Liverpool's staggering 34-game unbeaten league run? I spoke to Jordan Blackwell, who is the Leicester City correspondent for Leicestershire Live. I hope you enjoyed the chat and we'll be back after the match with the post-game podcast.
1: Behind Enemy Lines on the Blood Red Channel.
0: Well, hi, Jordan. First and foremost, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. How are you keeping?
1: Yeah, not so bad, thank you, Paul. Cheers.
0: If I'm not mistaken, uh, this is your first season as Leicester's your lives, Leicester City correspondent. And uh, what a season it's been so far.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been my, fir- my first season as the uh, main correspondent. Yeah, and it's going pretty well so far. Um, yeah, Not really. I think it was expected that Leicester would do reasonably well. But I think to be doing this well, you know, coming up to the halfway point of the season in second place uh, in the semifinals of the League Cup for the first time in 20 years, um, yeah everything's going um, extremely well it's um, looking to be a, a, an excellent season
0: it most definitely is and you know Leicester City fans probably dared to dream more than most in recent years with that famous title win of a few years ago but you, you mentioned it there you, there was an expectation that they could do pretty well this season have those expectations changed now have they actually gone further is, is there a belief that you know they certainly could finish in the, the Champions League places or potentially push Liverpool and Man City for the league title
1: I think the um, yeah I think the the, the the general expectation has changed. I think before the season started, I think it would have been if Leicester can, um, sneak into the top six and and clinch a Europa league place, then that would be excellent. I think with how they've started, uh, and the gap they currently have to fifth place, I think there would maybe even be a little bit of disappointment if they didn't now finish in the top four, especially given how well they're playing as well. Um, so I think that's now become the, the hope and the expectation to finish in the, in the top four and, and, um, Sort of book another Champions League tour. As for the title, I think there are probably still a few fans dreaming, no. which I think is, you know, that I think it makes it exciting that they that they can do that. Um, but I think, really, realistically, the the aim has to be for Leicester to um, to make sure that they finish inside um, the top four and get into the Champions League again.
0: And was that 3-1 defeat at Manchester City last weekend not so much a reality check, but just a reminder that there is still some gap to close on on the expected top two, City and Liverpool?
1: Yes, I think so. I think it almost felt a little bit like um, maybe because Man City were behind Leicester in the table and and they still are um, going into the Boxing Day game, um, maybe it felt like People have forgotten how good they actually yeah. are. But, you know, on their on their day, you know, they they really did um, tear Leicester to pieces at times. And I think it's something that it made it quite clear how big the the gap is, certainly between um, Leicester and the and the top two, in Man City and Liverpool, uh, or the expected top two. I think they are sort of worlds away from the from the rest of the league in terms of their quality and their consistency. Um, so, yes, it was a reminder that um, that Leicester have, uh, you know, areas to work on. But I think the pleasing thing is that the, the amount of improvement they've already made in, you know, nine or 10 months under Rogers, um, and the age of the squad as well. You know, with most players around 23, uh, a few at 22, um, you know that they are going to get better. And I think that's the the pleasing thing, even after results
0: like that. Let's talk about Brendan Rodgers uh, for a little bit. Obviously, Liverpool fans have got a big interest in him, given he used to manage the club, you know. After Claudio Ranieri left, Leicester went through a couple of managers, and neither of whom seemed to be massively well-liked. Certainly, Claude Puel, but uh, I take it everyone is very much on board with Brendan at the moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, certainly the results help, Um, you know, the... You know, it's, it's very easy to get behind a manager that's winning all the time. Um, but I think in general, I think even if maybe the results weren't going uh, as well as they, they have been, I think there would still be full support for, for Rogers. I think he's galvanised the crowd a little bit. Um, I think he's he's got more of an attacking outlook than, uh, than Powell And I think Puel's sort of defensive uh, mindset kind of, Maybe took it out of the crowd a little bit and made it you know, maybe made it a, a little bit um not quite as exciting. Um, but it, the excitement has been ramped up under Rogers. Uh the football's a lot quicker, uh, in terms of the passing and the pressing. Um, and that's helped to to get fans on the side. And also I think he's he's very, very good with the um with the media as well. And I think he's um I think that helps fans to to connect with him too. So yes, I think there's He's doing an extremely good job, and there's not really much uh, more he could be doing at this point, I don't think.
0: So, who are the players to have benefited the most from Brendan Rodgers?
1: Well, certainly Vardy. I think, I mean, you look at the the Premier League scoring charts, I think he's six clear, he's on 17 Mm -hmm. um, so far. I think it's. um, I don't think Vardy's ever done I don't think it was a case of other managers holding Vardy back, which I think has been the suggestion. I genuinely think it is, it's Rogers that should get the credit, um, rather than criticism for other managers. Rogers, the way Rogers has set up the team, um, is geared towards creating chances for Vardy. Um, the, he no longer has to press the whole defence by himself. Quite often you would see Jamie Vardy running back and forth, you know, from fullback to fullback, you know, chasing the, chasing the defenders down. Um, but now he gets to conserve energy because the rest of the midfield are very quick to press too. So Vardy really only has to, to focus on the two centre-backs. He doesn't really have to deviate from that central position. Um, and also, he doesn't get involved in the game in general. He's he's allowed to be the extra man uh, mm-hmm. and just make sure he's always in a good position. I think, uh, I think there's some kind of statistic that he's had maybe the fewest touches of um, strikers in... The top five European leagues, um, so I think that's you know that's clear that but despite he's despite the fact that he is uh, he isn't getting involved as much, he is still scoring goals. So I think it's it's obviously a very effective game plan, um, and I think that the players behind uh, Vardy, particularly Madison and Tielemans are really getting on the sort of the same wavelength now. Um, so they're able to provide chances for him regularly.
0: Liverpool fans won't need a reminder of this, but he does like playing and scoring against Liverpool. And let's face it, Vardy seems to like playing and scoring against all the big teams. So these kind of massive matches against that kind of established top six kind of thrive. He thrives on them.
1: Um, I think so. I think. I think he would say he he, he doesn't change how he plays against um, big teams. I think. I think he will. He likes he likes scoring. I think he, he yeah. doesn't really matter who it's against. <laughs> but I think what ha- does help him against the big teams is that maybe they're more likely to push out. The defense is not likely to sit as deep, um, and we saw it in the Man City game. Man, you know, Fernandinho and Otamendi were very very high. Um, Leicester didn't couldn't get Vardy in behind all of the time because they didn't have a lot of the ball. But it was clear that. They, that was something that they could do when they did get the ball and obviously they created the um, they, they created the goal for him and he had another very similar chance just after um so yes i think it's i don't think he approaches it any differently but i think because of the way the bigger teams set up mm-hmm. they you know that does help him a little bit but saying that what, where rogers has improved him is that he's still getting goals against the smaller teams which is not what he, which it, previously
0: he struggled to do just tell me about his uh, strike partner or his partner in crime, James Madison. I watched him live most recently at Goodison Park and I was I was blown away by just how good he, he is. You know, he, he seems to be a player who's destined to play at the very highest level, hopefully, possibly with Leicester.
1: Yeah, I think he's, he's got that swagger about him, hasn't he? I think he's that he's, he's that kind of player. He is great to watch. I think, for me, watching him regularly, I think the, the, the best thing about him is the way he kind of Sort of gets defenders away from him, just just through either little touches or um, the way he moves his body. And I think you know, it's, it's a it's a very good skill, particularly if you're being pressed uh, high and you're being pressed quickly, to be able to throw in a body faint or be able to take a touch that the the defender's not expecting, and you know, create your, create space for yourself. He's extremely good at that, and I think that's probably his. Um, that's his best attribute. Albeit, he's very good at set pieces. His set piece delivery is usually very, very good. Um, I think from open play, I think that's where he probably needs to do a little bit more, maybe in terms of um, you know the the real sort of defence-splitting passes, um, you know, from the centre of the park. But you know, he is only 20, um, 23. um and his defensive game's improved a lot as well. I think um, Rogers very much likes. Um, well, basically, if you're in a Rogers team and you're a midfielder, you won't get away with not doing any defending. Uh, Madison played as basically as a number out and out number ten last season, so it was kind of just off Jamie Vardy. I um, didn't really have to do any defensive work in that system. Now, he's, he, he Rodgers plays with what he calls two eights, which are Tielemans and Madison, so they're very much all-round midfielders. I think Rogers quite often points to Jordan Henderson as kind of being the 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 kind of the mould, the way he used Jordan Henderson at Liverpool. Um, and I think we've seen Madison It really improve his defensive output um, as well. So it's clear that Rodgers is having an effect on his game and that Madison's taking everything Rodgers says uh, on board.
0: You mentioned Henderson, uh, one of many top-class performers for Liverpool. What have you made of them this season? Obviously, you saw them at Anfield earlier in the season. They've just won the Club World Cup. Uh, the favourites for the title, do you think they will go on to win it regardless of what happens at boxing day?
1: I think so, yes. I think there is um firstly the, the gap is you know, it's a it's a pretty big gap. I think um, you know, even the, the most nervous Liverpool supporter would be feeling uh, pretty pleased with, with the um with the gap to both Leicester and Man City at the moment. Um but I think the near misses that they've had over recent years, you know, both under Rogers and um and also last season, I think has um I think that will help them and I think that's given them a, an extra edge. Because I think the, what we're really seeing as when I'm not a, a Leicester City reporter, I'm a Leicester City fan. And, you know, there's there's been a few occasions where I've been sort of willing Liverpool to slip up And its seat. It, <laughs> there, there was a couple of months where it felt like they were about to slip up. Um, you know, there was a game, at, uh, particularly a game at Villa, I, I seem yeah. to remember but they just didn't. Uh, and you could almost feel like, almost feels like they've been through their wobbly period.
0: Yeah. And still, um, won.
1: <laughs> and still they've, they've only dropped two points all season. Um, so yeah. yeah, it feels like, um, although I don't expect them to pick up as many points in the second half of the season. Um, I don't think they will, uh, drop enough, uh, for either Leicester or Man City, um, to catch them. So yes, they've been extremely impressive. The game at Anfield, um, I know it ended up being rather close um with the with the added time penalty, but um I think I do think Liverpool deserve to win. And I think, you know, um, they were they were certainly on par with, with Manchester City last weekend as the two teams that have really taken apart Leicester. Um especially given, you know, Leicester's defensive record is still the best in the um in the division. So um yeah, I think yes, I've been extremely impressed and I do think they'll go on to win
0: the tight. It's a very honest take of you there to, to describe what happened back in October at Anfield. And yeah, I, I watched the game too and I, I go along with that. But the King Power Stadium's not a different kettle of fish because Leicester have been good home and away all season. But it, it, they have got a very good record there. We've, we've mentioned Liverpool's long unbeaten run. I think it stretches back 34 games now. But that the performances and the form at the King Power for Leicester is, is very strong. I imagine it's going to be a great atmosphere there on Boxing Day night as well.
1: Oh absolutely yeah I think the the atmosphere for the um for the for when the big teams have arrived at, at the King Power Stadium this season has been excellent I think there was a game uh, Leicester beat Spurs 2-1 in September um yeah and the atmosphere for that game was really good because it was because Leicester were were playing against a, a good level of opposition so the game was really sort of you know it was um it was a close fought game it was a real battle but there was lots of quality on show as well and I think it was the the, the crowd really got behind Leicester and they were able to sort of come back and then win it late on. Um, so I think we'll see that again. I think the fans really will be up for it. I think the fact that it's a night game might help as well. Um, I think that always seems to get supporters up for it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting a really good atmosphere. Cause I think there'll be a lot of Leicester fans that are maybe thinking, okay, if we can, if we want to hold on to this dream of this sort of this slim hope of of winning the title. We really, really need to win this game. So I think that that may be in fans' minds, and they'll really sort of get behind Leicester and, and make it um, really loud from the first whistle.
0: Just before we finish, can you see that happening? Can Leicester become the first team to beat Liverpool in the Premier League this season?
1: I don't think so. Um, I think if I had to pick a result now, I would think I would say one-one. Um, I don't. I think Leicester will be able to stop. Um, Liverpool from winning but um, I can't see them them winning this themselves. I think it will be it will be close. Um, I think Leicester will be because they sl- slightly underperformed against Manchester City. They will be um, up for it a little bit more. I think it remains to be seen whether the trip to Qatar is taking anything out of Liverpool. I don't I don't think I think, don't think it will affect them too much because they have kind of got experience of, of traveling all the time with, with Champions League and things like that. Um but, you know, it is, it is still a, a shorter turnaround than, than the usual uh, week. So, yeah, I think it'll be a really close game, but I can't see Leicester winning. So I'll say 1-1, but I think if I had to pick a winner, I would say Liverpool. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.